Hello, hello, and welcome to another stirring edition of Podcast Dark Elevation. I am your host, Dirk Elevation. We have the fallout from Double or Nothing to discuss as this week's Dark, although all of it was filmed before Double or Nothing, so it is not quite fallout, but it is... Also, it doesn't – the fallout for, for, from All Out, um, that, that's, that's a good one. That one sounds good. They need a different one for the other three major pay-per-views because it just – if you give me something as good as the fallout from All Out, I'm not going to get as excited for the fallout from Double or Nothing or the fallout from Revolution. Fallout from Revolution makes me think of nuclear fallout, and, and that, that, is, that is not the type of – fallout that we're talking about here, uh, or the kind associated with the popular Bethesda game series. I guess that's the same fallout. Uh, that's also a nuclear fallout. But that is not what we are here to talk about. We are here to talk about the three, yes, I said it, three different episodes of Dark and Dark Elevation and the special Dark that we got this week that... It, it, it's interesting because following the pay-per-views, the Dark and Elevations, it's harder for them to build to what you're going to be seeing this week because it had to all be filmed before the before the dark, before the pay-per-view. So it doesn't have the same sort of well one of one of them act literally was was meant to be a preview to double or nothing so we i don't know how we're going to talk about that one we'll find a way we'll find a way to make it make sense make it have stakes maybe maybe we'll just use that as a shoehorned way to do reviews of the different double or nothing matches but we'll do something with it but if you think about something like i say so, i think the the one that most comes to mind would be somebody like Athena where Athena debuted at Double or Nothing, and usually, if somebody's if somebody's new, you want to get them on screen as much as possible, as much new stuff. So that that's something that certainly people are going to be interested in leading up to this week's Dynamite. Except you could have never had any dark matches with Athena because that would have spoiled the debut. So. It, it it is an interesting sp- space for the, these matches. They are not going to have as much stakes this week as they as they do, especially since what we think of the the sort of thesis of this podcast is that dark and elevation sort of paint a, a larger picture of what else they're thinking about, what else they're valuing, what else they think, what else they're hoping to do in the future. I think the pay-per-view did quite a bit of that on its own. So there, there's and, – and at a much higher stakes on, and on a larger platform. So there's not as much need for what we like to think that in its best moments, Dark and Dark, and El- dark Elevation do well. But all that to say, let us go into this week's episodes. We have the special Dark – that appear that that premiered on Saturday before Double or Nothing. It was filmed Friday after Rampage. We start off with Darby Allen defeating Brandon Cutler in a minute and fifty nine seconds. 
this was fun. This popped the crowd. I don't think anybody needed it to be any longer than 59 seconds. I, I think it, it helped build hype for a match that didn't need to necessarily be on this very stacked card. Didn't need to have Kyle O'Reilly versus, versus Darby Allen. It, I liked it. It was a very good match and it kind of reminded me of, of, when WWE is sort of firing on all cylinders and they're having these quality 12, 12 a year pay-per-views. Sometimes you'll get something like that on a, on a pay-per-view. It's like a memorable match that didn't have much of a build and didn't, didn't really matter, but it was just good quality entertainment on a card. That, that is the type of thing that, that, that Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen reminded me of. I thought, I thought it was pretty, uh, it was it was really good. I think in terms of the work, it was one of the better matches. I, I would say in the top half of matches on the card, and I think a lot of people were surprised that Darby Allen lost. I think it makes all the sense in the world because I think you want Darby Allen to bring in his dad Sting to fight Red Dragon as a whole. So I don't. I I liked it. I I think that that's the real. Money is two old men, Bobby Fish and Sting, throwing their canes and walkers at each other. I, I, everybody does the Bobby Fish's old jokes. I don't have to do those. I don't, I'm, I apologize for that. We want original content here, which is why we're going to talk about Anna Jay defeating Sandra Moore in two minutes and 42 seconds. Don't remember very much about Sandra Moore. It's, I, I I mean, Anna Jay did need some some matches leading up to this very much not much of a feud that she's had that she was in with Jade Cargill. It it's good that she had a a win going into a match that we all knew that she was going to lose that ended up being more of a setup match than anything else. But it did set up something pretty cool. It set up it we got. Statlander came out at the end of that match and got a big pop after I, I think that th- and th- this crowd bounced back pretty well, but this is the same crowd that booed heavily when Statlander lost. So they, the double or nothing crowd was, was happy to see her. They were happy to see it when Athena came out that there were a lot of women on this double or nothing feels like far more than there were eight women that had matches and then on top of that, there were also big moments for Statlander, big moment, big moment for Athena's return uh, or debut, and even the baddies were. They seemed important standing next to Jade there in in that in that final standoff there. There was a lot going on in that in that match, uh, and most importantly to the, our fine listeners of the show, we we here at the show. Fight hard for Anna Jay and John Silver as a as a mixed tag to eventually fight Sammy and Ty, and we got John Silver coming in and taking out Smart Mark. So even though Anna's been sort of separate from the Dark Order recently, she wore her old pre-Dark Order attire in that Double or Nothing match. It's good to see John John Johnny Hungy is involved with her still so we can we can 
I hope, I hope, I hope that means I'm going to get what I want and what I, cause what I want is usually smart stuff. It's good wrestling. I, I have impeccable taste. That's the most important thing to remember on this podcast. The House of Black defeated Adriel Noctis, Gregory Sharp, and Matt Brannigan in three minutes and 50 seconds. In kayfabe, what are those three fellas thinking? I don't think they're a real trio. I don't know if we... I feel like Adriel Noctis is like a name that's so off-putting that I feel like I've seen it before. I don't remember seeing the other two names. At least you can understand like the kayfabe in, in most scenarios of of dark matches. It's like, oh, I'm I'm a nobody, but maybe I've got a puncher's chance of of taking out this known talent, and and all I have to do is get one, two, three on them, and I I'll become a I'll become a known name. I'll have I'll have built myself up. That makes sense, kayfabe wives. These three, I'm going to call them schmucks. It's not fair, but that's pretty much these three schmucks just get flown out to Vegas and get told, hey, this crazy good trio who's defeating all of these other talents, uh, they just need a warm up match before their pay per view match. So they're going to kick the shit out of you, which I understand doing the job in in shoot terms, but in kayfabe. Why would why would these guys accept that? And also, like, what what would happen if they won? What happens to the double or nothing match if 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 by some chance these three these three guys just beat House of Black? It is fun to think about in in that in that way. Obviously, it's a little silly, but obviously they don't win. They get thrown around a lot. House of Black looked very cool. Uh, House of Black debuted a fourth member at the at the Double or Nothing pay per view, and I think it's cool that they finally pulled the trigger on Julia Hart. Uh, that's another. Per- I didn't even include Julia Hart as another person who had a major moment in in the, at the pay per view. So a lot of women getting getting their moments. I I don't know what she's going to do in House of Black. I would say you should add a, a fifth member to House of Black. It's first of all, there's no four pointed pentagrams. So if you're into that type of thing, you should at least be consistent about it. I think that they could add Abaddon. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think and because I think it would it would also benefit Julia if there was another woman in the in the faction, just in terms of building feuds with other factions and other groups. Having having two women in a faction is more helpful than just having one. So I think I think they they eventually do add a fifth member. I I think Abaddon would be somebody who who doesn't have anything to do right now and and would and would work work well. I don't know what maybe they have Julia Hart now super aggressive and evil, just taking out some people. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we come back to next week's dark. Uh, dark or dark elevation, and we're talking about it. And oh, here's super goth Julia taking out. Uh, I don't want to say Willow Nightingale because I would like something better for her, but 
super dark, super goth Julia taking out Willow Nightingale or something like that on next week dark would not surprise me at all. But anyway, the House of Black looks really cool. I don't know where they go next, but they're they're so cool. I I I can't say enough how how good of a look they ha- they have. And um, the face paint was funny at the at Double or Nothing because it made Malachi and Brody look very very intimidating. And then because of his red hair. Uh, Buddy Matthews just kind of looked like a clown, but that's not his fault. And somebody, and also it was pointed out to me. I think there was a sign at one of the shows that about make make Buddy Matthews get tattoos. And once once they became aware that ha- he's tatless and his other two teammates are covered in tats, it is it is something to watch now. That is just it's a little bit jarring. I can't make him get tattoos though. Maybe he wants to get buried in a Jewish cemetery. Who's to say? We had Riho, Sky Blue, and Yuka Sakazaki defeating Diamante and Isakura and Nyla Rose in 6 minutes and 11 seconds. Hey, this was a lot of fun. I think it would have been more fun if I hadn't just watched so, so much of Sky Blue and Yuka Sakazaki doing meaningless tag work largely with Emi Sakura and Nyla Rose, I think that it would have made it a little bit more unique. But, again, I am a freak who watches and analyzes Dark and Elevation every week. So I bet for most members of the crowd, this was a little bit more fresh. I bet for a lot of people who were just trying to watch a little bit of a a preview, a little, a little aperitif before Double or Nothing, I'm sure for them it felt a little bit more fresh. It, it, it I, you know, you can compare it to what WWE does, where they work a match in house shows for like a month before bringing it live. Which this, but also I don't. I think house shows are generally bad. I would much rather see somebody on an indie than a house show. So. The remember when AEW did one house show? I think that's so weird to think about. Why did they do that? I don't. I wonder. I'm gonna have to reach out to some people about that. I'll, I'll bother Sean Ross Sapp see if he knows why that happened one time. He doesn't know me. He won't respond to me. But I'll just bother somebody to find out about that. I, I'm probably the only one who's still thinking about that. Anyway, that, this is not fair to Riho, Sky Blue, and Yuka Sakazaki, or to Diamante, Emi Sakura, and Nyla Rose, who at this point should probably just be some sort of a heel tag team, some sort of mid-level, uh, veteran-ish tag team trio. I, I don't know what exactly it is that ties them all together. Maybe you can just call them, what are, what are the Vicious Vixens? Is that what? Is that what Nyla and Vicky were going by? Just call them that. You can even... I don't even... Vicky is a little bit, actually, I think, more tolerable when she's a mouthpiece for three who can mostly speak for themselves. 
if she's thought of as just like a sort of a manager for those three, I think I think it's a little more toler- tolerable. Make them a real team. Riho, Sky Blue, and Yuki Sakazaki. I don't care about them being a team. I, 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 I need to not be mean to Sky Blue on this. She seems very nice. Nothing against her, and I think she has a lot of potential. But there was that cool moment where they all three of them were going over the ropes onto their opponents, and Yuka and Riho were in stereo, and Sky Blue was just late, and she didn't even have the hardest part. She was she was doing she was doing probably the easiest jump from the turnbuckle, and she was just late on what would have otherwise been a really nice. Part. It was still really cool, but it it was. I I think Sky Blue of it, it is to me the 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 least the least experience of those six, and I think it does show a bit. I, but I think there were then and there was also a really good moment where all three heels all did some sort of like a suplex or or uh, slam in stereo of their of their opponents. That was cool too. Overall, I think this was a I, I I've been giving. I've been giving, you know, bad marks to these women's tags because they've been very repetitive. But this was a good version of it, I think. We had Death Triangle with Alex Abrahantes defeat the Factory in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. So, longest match of this of this dark preview, which is interesting. It it took I don't I don't know what I have to say about this. I, I'm interested in seeing what Death Triangle has next. I I wouldn't be opposed to letting them do sort of their own thing for a little while. I don't because I don't know who they feud with next. I don't know what what they do next. I I would be okay with maybe like the Lucha Bros fighting. I I don't know. FTR. I, I, yeah, no, that would be great. Lucha Bros versus FTR and give Pac uh, a short uh, short run against oh, I don't know. Uh, so, somebody. I can't, I can't think, I can't think of who, who it might be. But I, I, that, that would be that would be fun. I just give them give them both their own thing for a little while. They don't have to be the death triangle all the time. They can save the triangle for when it's meaningful. When they when they gotta triangulate, you don't always have to triangulate. There are many other shapes and positions you can take. Uh, you you should you, you know who triangulated Bill Clinton with his third wave politics, and look where it got us now. Do you think the wrestlers would be happier if we went with a more comprehensive single-payer healthcare system in the 90s and they wouldn't have to be paying out of pocket because they're independent contractors? Certainly. So that's you want to talk about a real death triangle. Third-way politics. That's, that's the death triangle. We don't need it all the time. We should probably take some time let them do their own thing. They're all very good. They they all deserve if they all wanted to have singles matches on Dynamite this week, I don't think everybody would be like, Oh, why so much death triangle? They'd be like, Oh, 
look at all these cool matchups that we've never seen before. Johnny Elite, a defeating Mark Quinn with Isaiah Cassidy. I I do enjoy seeing Johnny Elite. I don't know where they could even put him on this on this card on this roster as it is right now. I think Johnny has just this aura about him that is so I never I never really I will admit to never really getting Johnny until I watched Johnny Mundo in Lucha Underground uh before it got taken off of Tubi and I was taking my sweet ass time with it thinking, oh this will be here forever. It was not. It's gone now. Now it's on some other streaming service I don't have. But point being, Johnny Mundo, very cool. I think that that's the best. There are some wrestlers like that that sort of counterintuitively only work when they're at the top of a card. And as they get moved down the card, they work less. They, I can't think of any other ones right now, but they do exist. And I... I think Johnny, in general, is better as a special attraction, and if he can find a place where he can work as the top of the company, I think that'll be better for him. And maybe Impact. I know his wife has had a long, long history with Impact. I believe she's back there now. Maybe the NWA can use him. Maybe... I don't know. There's an isn't OVW going to Netflix? I don't know what OVW's deal is. I know they used to be like the the original NXT sort of, but there's some there's some place for John for for some iteration of Johnny. And at this moment, I don't think they need him in AEW except as a special attraction. Mark Quinn should probably shave that beard. I don't know. It made him look old. I I can't I can't place exactly who it made him look like, but it didn't make him look like Mark Quinn. It made him look like an old actor, and I and I can't exactly place it. I, I'm not going to just name black actors and say that oh he, he made him look like Danny Glover. I don't think it was Danny Glover, and I don't think that that's fair to just name different black actors and say that that's who it made Mark Quinn look like, but. Shave, shave that beard, man. You, you can, you can do so much more. And private party could do something more, right? I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the plan. Oh, oh, because the AFO got bigger. Roosh, I believe is the name of the guy. I don't, I plead ignorance on this one. I, I don't know very much about him. I know that I think Losi, Los Ignobolores. I can't. I don't know how to even say it. I've seen it a couple times written. I believe that's where Andrade comes from. I would be willing to wager a guess that that that's where this this Roosh character knows knows him. And there you there you have it. Just another example of how the people who say like, oh, I don't know who this is. Uh, uh, wh- why, are you, why do you want me to care about somebody? I don't know who it is. I don't know who Roosh is. I have just such tangential understanding as a huge dumbass of who he might be. So anyone who's pleading ignorance or upset because they don't know who somebody is, you're, you're being, you're being ridiculous. 
because because it's great because when the wrestling world feels so big that you can't even know everybody, I feel like a lot of times that's the most exciting. And, and I and I know just enough without knowing who he is to know that he's probably a big deal and it's probably going to be cool when he has a match and he'll probably tag with Andrade and hopefully he'll start winning. I don't Andrade. It looked like Andrade was heating up for like a second. And then he lost that coffin match to Darby Allen that he probably should have won. But that's that's just where they are with the with with those other uh, the the other members of the AFO. We we gotta we gotta remember to look out for them. They they they. I mean, another one of them gets a win later on. But yeah, I I wonder what if Roosh just comes in and just starts like firing all of them. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the AFL. He called them losers. That's not cool. That's not that's that's no way to be a manager to to manage a team. Maybe what if Andrade just starts taking like corporate management classes? I would watch that. I would I would watch that as a as a segment. I I'm not going to say I would watch it. It would be a BTE segment and I and I don't watch BTE. Which is I probably should as the person who who has a whole podcast all about these these various these various YouTube shows. I don't I don't watch the YouTube show that is arguably for a lot of people the one that's the most worth watching. But if you're if it's worth watching to you, then why do you need me to talk about it? I'm I'm watching things that may or may not be worth watching for you. We have. Konosuke Takeshita defeating Ryan. Oh, by the way, this is this is elevation. Uh, this is, I believe this is from this. No, this is from the Wednesday Dynamite tapings, and there are only two matches on this elevation, which leads to a lot of questions. Were there only did the people who were watching just get a two hours of Dynamite and then two dark matches? I might be a little. I might feel a little bit uh like I, like I got the short end of the stick there. Maybe they're just assuming people are in Vegas. They're in Vegas to see Double or Nothing. They don't need all of it tonight. I can't say for certain, but what I will say is with three episodes, it was nice to have one that was only two matches long, and they were both pretty important matches. Kansuke Takeshita defeats Ryan Nemeth in 5 minutes and 31 seconds. It was short, but again, we're still making Takeshita seem important. I think that he got a lot of people, a lot of eyes on him with his match with Hangman, and for good reason. I think people were like, "Hey, that was cool as hell," and they are right in in that estimation that it was cool as hell. I think that Takeshi just got some cool moves. I love when he goes just flying, either with his shoulder or with his knee. It's such a unique set type of offense. I, I don't think you see too much, too many people who can do what Takeshita does. He's big, strong. He looks kind of, he has like a sort of like a himbo-ish vibe to him. And you know, that he's just, he maybe he's just some dumb jock, which we love. We hate nerds. We, we love guys who can do a good sport. Uh, Ryan Nemeth continuing to, work for what he does. I I think the wingman 
are 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 good at, are are correctly placed. There's nothing wrong with being correctly placed. WWE can't correctly place anybody. You're either at the top of the top or you're being underutilized or you're just being used as fodder. And the wingmen just consistently are used in a fodderish role, but in a way that always they always do something goofy. They always get, you know, a spot in that's like their special thing. They always they always look they 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 look stupid because they care more about about looking good than winning. And I think that's a, that's there's at least some character to their jobberness, which is which I think is 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 something that is missing from a lot of other promotions in terms of how they let people who are obviously going to lose be themselves. Then we had an ROH Women's World Title match: Mercedes Martinez defeating Maserati in seven minutes and seventeen seconds. Maserati got an entrance with music. I don't know if she's somebody that they have some interest in. I don't know if 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 it was because she was announced as being from Vegas, they wanted to give a little bit of shout out to a hometown person that that people were going to get behind. They didn't get behind her for long because Mercedes Martinez is just really good and I I think Maserati got some 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 of that, you know, pop sustained throughout the match but as it went on people were like damn Mercedes Martinez is good and she is good and she's and she's winning and I still don't know how I feel about uh, at least this one was presented better than the last ROH women's title match that was uh, that was on a elevation it, the other one with with Hyann was just I got nothing at least, at least Maserati got an entrance and she was it, it they made it seem like she was important and she got like Trisha Dora didn't even get her own music. She had to use the dark music. So, are they higher on Maserati than they are on Trisha Dora? I wouldn't be, but but if Maserati matters, I think that's that's pretty cool. I think that's neat. I think that you're gonna have to have some people to make a, an ROH division. There's so many questions that aren't even worth speculating about what what the future holds for ROH but presumably if you're if you've got music and we don't ever see you on TV but you got music and you got an entrance and you're fighting for the ROH women's title then there's some interest in using you in in the future of ROH so i i didn't wasn't blown away by Maserati but if somebody always i would certainly see more of in the future and that was the end of Dark Elevation. Two matches, 20 minutes. I, I, I can't even complain because I, because I have so much to get through. But we're doing okay on time. I mean, realistically, we could have gone very long on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everybody a favor by not going off on too many tangents. Oh, maybe. Let's see how I feel about this This. Dark number 146 taped, you guessed it, with the Rampage, the, the live Rampage from Friday.
It opened up with Mercedes Martinez defeating Viva Van in two minutes and forty seconds. Viva Van, I had I had no uh, problem. She 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 seemed actually kind of cool in the two minutes and forty seconds. Cage match is saying this was a world title match. I don't remember it being called that. I don't remember them doing the ROH handshake at the beginning of this one. So I don't. But I I guess I'm inclined to believe what they're telling me on on Cage Match. I believe they've lied to us here on this podcast before. But two minutes and 40 seconds, I would like to see more of this from Mercedes Martinez. I would like to see her tear through more people like she did here with with Viva Van. A lot of V's in that name. I I don't I, I'm jury's out on whether or not I like Viva Van as a name. I I haven't decided yet. I'll have to say it like fifty more times before I before I decide it. Yeah, she's Mercedes Martinez looking good. They're I think they're doing a really good job of getting that that stretch submission over that she that she wins with you like you see it coming and Ames just slowly just wrenches back on somebody and then they just start tapping. It's it's pretty cool. I I like her Fisherman Buster as well, but I think that works better as a as some sort of a signature move. The that just destroying people with that glass city glass city stretch or something like that. I don't I can't remember. It's a city in Connecticut. I try to avoid Connecticut. And that just tells you how good Mercedes Martinez is, is that she proudly reps the nutmeg state and I don't I don't hate her. I kind of like her, I, and I and I think that she's doing good work with that belt. I I would like to see maybe she can get some kind of a match at Forbidden Door. That I think that would be a, a real interesting thing because there's no no clear no clear indication of what they're doing with the women for Forbidden Door. So maybe they. They don't. Maybe I. First of all, they got a lot of feuds they're going to have to build between now and Forbidden Door. I think a lot of them will write themselves because it'll, it'll just be a lot of people calling out other wrestlers. I, I think we've got Great Ocon and F, uh, Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb against FTR. I think that'll be at least something to put on the card. I think we'll probably get Punk versus Kenta. But I don't know. I don't know what everything is going to be, and I certainly know even less about what the women will do. But if you give if you give some sort of big match feel to Mercedes Martinez, and, and a big match feel to maybe the other champions, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But it does feel like Mercedes Martinez is being built really well right now. I would argue perhaps the best of any ROH champion right now. Well, FTR. FTR is number one. But besides FTR, probably number two. Following that, we had Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny defeat Hunter Gray and Paul Titan in three minutes and 52 seconds. Like to see a... Enhancement talent tag team that is a real tag team. I really do believe them that that, that they are that they're a tag team. They had the same face paint and everything like that, and similar gear. So I I like that. 
I think they had a few moments where they looked good against Butcher and the Blade. I think they're good size guys. If you're if you're the type of size queen about wrestling, where you you want to see the men be as big as possible, those those guys could be used in this position again. I would not I would not be mad to see more more of them. Butcher and the Blade have the same problem as the rest of the AFO. What's being done with them? Where do they go from here? I've kind of I'm not gonna say like I like I love what's done with Butcher and the Blade, but there is some like kayfabe consistency with the fact that like MJF brought them in, and then they were sort of goons for Eddie Kingston, and then they were goons for Matt Hardy, and then the and now they're in the AF, their AFO. I kind of like that about Butcher and the Blade just sort of being guns for hire. And then the bunny obviously fits into that as well. I I don't know if that's if that's been thought out or if that's intentional, but wherever whatever needs whatever they're wherever they're needed next, I I believe in them and I believe that 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 they will come in and do the job they need to do. I don't know what else to say about them. I don't see them as being tag champs anytime soon. So why not just keep with that sort of momentum of being a couple of ruffians that you can use if you need, if you're, especially if you're some sort of a heel type. I, I, I can't imagine Butcher and Blade working face, but last year, could you have told me that FTR would be the number one face tag team in AEW? I certainly would not believe it then, it, and it's certainly been cemented by the fact that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are still tag team champions. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fit that in here. That that was the thing that upset me the most of any result. I'm just ready for for Christian and Jungle Boy to fight, and I'm ready for. Them to I, I I saw before I recorded this I saw a promo that Jungle Boy cut afterwards and I actually liked it quite a bit. It made me feel soften my stance on it. But if 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 you're not gonna pull the trigger on giving either of those two Keith Lee and Swerve or Team Taz that that belt now, I mean when are you gonna change it? What are you what are you waiting for? Who who is going to? I saw somebody said Blackpool Combat Club will take it. I I think that they it would feel like almost a downgrade for Blackpool Combat Club for how cool the stuff they're doing is right now for them to have to feud with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Who I have nothing against. I have nothing against any of these people. It's always about it's not always, but usually it's about the booking more than it is any any wrestler. They're all very talented. They all do things I could never do. And it's just Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus has gone gone kind of stale. And doesn't help them that they're not the biggest tag team champs in the company right now. But it also doesn't help that they just haven't haven't had much of a storyline. 
We had Anthony Agogo defeating Carly Bravo by KO in three minutes and 34 seconds. Anthony Agogo continues to be all tea and crumpets. I'm sure he dedicated this win to the Queen and her Jubilee. They're celebrating the Queen being very old. She's Imagine the type of perseverance you have to have to be the Queen for that long. You just... Not everybody can just be the queen for that long uh, because you were born into that and you did not die. What an incredible, incredible feat from this old bag. He put the damn Union Jack all over Carly Bravo as he was being counted out. He didn't probably did not have to count to 10 on that. He was not stirring. He was, he, you could have said very early on that he was knocked out. But it gave time for him to do his disrespectful thing and drop that hideous flag from that hideous country, which, again, Anthony Gogo, not a hideous guy. And actually, getting more interesting in the way, it's just that I will never stop being mean to the British. They deserve it. And if Anthony Gogo wants to lean into being British that much, then he's going to continue to get these these words. And I, ho- I hope to never get those hands. Please do not punch me, Anthony Agogo. Although that would fit in with your stupid country's history of just using violence to get its way when, when clearly there were better options and... And there were very good reasons why people would not want to just go along with and support your stupid ass country. And this is not an American thing. I just need to make this clear. I don't, I don't, I don't hold this. I also thought it was stupid that uh, Carly Bravo continued. Why, why do you keep telling me that somebody's a veteran? I don't, I don't, you, you want to, oh, oh, uh, Carly Bravo, he served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh, okay, so you want to add two losses to his record to this guy that I already think doesn't win? Both bad countries. A major reason why the Cody feud did not work. I'm, I, the, ugh, disgusting. Disgusting. Somebody who is British, but seems at least a little apologetic about it, isn't that in your face about it, is Jamie Hayter, who crushes Danica Delarouge, which is a... I, I think I'm going to give the thumbs up to that name, Danica Delarouge. She lasts a minute and 20 seconds. She... I don't know if we've seen her before. I don't remember seeing her. I think that I would remember that name, but there's a chance I wouldn't. Jamie Hayter, what what does she have in store? The biggest reason why she couldn't turn around Brit in recent memories because we were doing that with Wardlow. Guess what? The Wardlow thing is done. Wardlow's turned. He's all elite now. I think that could be the thing that we go to next is Jamie Hayter and Brit turning on each other. We're we're gonna assume that. They're out of the title picture for a while. Britt just won her thing that, again, I think probably should have been won by Ruby Soho, but also probably, probably should have been won by Chris Statlander, if we're being honest about who is 
consistently giving good quality matches. But I didn't care about that for long because I thought that the Martha Hart speech was very nice and it seemed serious and I was I felt I I felt bad to stew in in anger about who won that whole thing while that nice ceremony part was going on and I think with with years it will become a more more important thing I think it has a, a potential to make stars especially if next year you go with a couple of young lions to win the Owen, I think that will put some people on the map. And I think that Stat could have something brewing with the baddies with and Athena. I, I think that would be interesting if you had Stat fight Athena. There, there's a lot there's a lot to do there. there. There's a lot of moving pieces in the women's division right now in a way that we haven't seen in a while, and part of it is because they were given time on this pay-per-view. And I don't know how they're going to... Well, I know how they're going to screw that up. They're going to keep it to one women's match a week so we don't get as much resolve on anything. I know they announced Stat... Uh, I'm sorry, no. Uh, Hater and Brit against Ruby and Tony is going to be the LA match tonight. They had a really good match, the four of them, fairly recently, but it is a repeat in the way we don't see a lot of repeats. And again, I fear that it will be our only women's match on that card. Maybe maybe we get another one, I hope. Maybe maybe we get an extended Jade Cargill promo that will help move things around a little bit more. But with everything that happened... We didn't even touch on Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader was not at double or nothing. This was this was what she got to do instead was crush Danica Della Rouge. And I I think that we could see some seeds planted tonight for Hader and and Britt to start their their amicable uh, separate or I guess it wouldn't be an amicable separation. It's not like a like a, a divorce on irreconcilable differences. It's going to be a, two people beating the shit out of each other, which is not what you want to see in a divorce. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make light of intimate partner violence. End of sentence. Not much more to say about that. And then we finally, we have the Dark Order, Uno, Silver, and Ten, defeating Serpentico and the Wingmen. You have the sort of power lineup of the Dark Order in Uno, Silver, and in, in Ten. And and they... They... Once you... I don't know where... Uh, if there was not a third wingman available, I don't know what what happened there where they threw Serpentico in. I guess people like to see Serpentico get his ass kicked. It is fun. I, I get... I would love... I would love if we can get Serpentico and Fuego. In a in a match, sometime soon, that would be that would be fun and funny. But I don't I don't I don't know what what that would be like, or why they would feel the need to do that since they both fulfill a similar role. I think it would mostly be for me, mostly for my enjoyment. But. Once you see Cervantico on there, you know this this one's going to be a squash. You know they're they're going to get their asses kicked. Five minutes, thirty seven seconds. So they did last 
a little bit longer than, you know, longer than Ryan Nemeth certainly lasted on his own against Takeshita. What are we doing with the Dark Order? As we ask every, every week, we, we, we ask this, and I don't want to ask it anymore, and it's not worth discussing. But that is the problem. If you end these, this series of YouTube shows with a Dark Order match, is I need to find something to sum up, to close out on. But I got nothing on this one. I, I think overall, I think we had a lot of fun with Double or Nothing this weekend. All of this was just sort of, I'm not going to say it was icing on top of the cake, because icing on the cake would imply that it was the best part, but it was some other sort of topping on the cake. I would say maybe like sprinkles on the cake, or those little, what are the little like, they're little like circular disc-shaped ones that you see on ice cream cakes a lot. I don't know what those are called. Are they just also sprinkles? Uh, I don't, I don't know. And yeah, there's probably some other name for it. Also, also, I'm pretty sure the British have a stupid name for sprinkles, or maybe it's the Australians. They call them like tens and elevens or something, hundreds and thousands or whatever, because they're little, they're little things that are broken up. Some Commonwealth country calls them. I, all right, well that, that's what I'm going to close on. Continue. To be mean to Commonwealth countries, the white ones, the, the, be mean to white Commonwealth countries and to America. You're, you're not off the hook just because you're not a Commonwealth country. And I, I just, I just like watching wrestling. And I, and I think for whatever else you want to say about Double or Nothing, I think it was of the, Last four calendar pay-per-views, so so starting with last year's All-In, I think, or I'm sorry, last year's All-Out, I think that it was the weakest of those four, but I still think it was very good, and I think it set us up for a very fun summer that may or may not be called the Summer of Funk. And I hope, I went a little long, but I expect that I will do that following pay-per-view sometimes. And there's a lot to look forward to, not just in wrestling, but also in life. Maybe not as much in life. Things seem pretty bad. But there's always reason to be optimistic. Just when you think that you're, they're going to count three on you, you'll always have a chance to kick out and regain that momentum. So let's not give up on anything, but let us remember that as bad as real life might be, wrestling continues to give us things to be excited about. Which is not not as optimistic as I thought it would sound. But enjoy time.